Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The following is a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. It's time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. Today's show is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Just head on over to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today. Use our promo code Believe, that's B L E A V, and receive your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Alderson Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or quite frankly anywhere in Mississippi, that is your go-to. Remember, real estate industry since 2003, looking for that special ag property, maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate family at KessingerRealEstate.com. And Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Remember, your go-to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate to Part of the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate. Debbie Johnson, your realtor, 662-234-5555. Or call her cell phone at 662-689-0090. Debbie Johnson, a proud sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. 
Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. And welcome into Mississippi Morning Quarterback. I'm Brad Logan, joined by John Cox. Our uh, first episode as college football has cranked up here, uh, specifically for Ole Miss, and we'll get into uh, what happened in Oxford this past Saturday. John, thanks very much for jumping on today. Yeah, man. Always a pleasure. 28-10 to 10 and a lot to unpack from the game this past Saturday. We heard from Lane Kiffin. We've heard from him twice uh, since, we, uh, since we're talking today. A lot to uh, to say about the fact that I don't think he got what he wanted from quarterback Jackson Dart, to say the least. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Lane's got a reputation of being a uh, quarterback uh, guru. And, you know, he kept telling us all in the offseason that, you know, that it, that it's a work in progress. And, and, you know, people would see, you know, the scrimmages, they'd see one or two plays or – Say, oh, well, this guy just must be light years away, or that's coach speak. But uh, I'm not down on Jackson Dart's performance. But I think Lane, I think the performance did show us what Lane had told us all along that there's there's a lot of work to be done. That's a young kid at quarterback, I and mean, both quarterbacks are very young. I turned around at one point uh, during the first half and looked at a media member and a couple of things that I thought was number one, the running back room is loaded, and oh, wow. number number two. I said they're going to have to start throwing the football or else they're going to win this game 50-something to three because they're not going to have to throw it. Right. And, and actually we learned at the end of the game that was actu- that was absolutely true that Ole Miss elected to essentially stop using Quinshaw Jenkins because he might have killed somebody and to utilize Jackson Dart as much as they can to throw the football. Now, I would admit I expected to see uh, Luke Altmaier after the – at least the second or third series. And Lane admitted at the end of the game 
that had Jackson Dart not thrown the interception, Luke was going in the next drive. Now, all we can do is take him at his word. He said, I didn't want to pull the kid after you just threw an interception. But we didn't see Luke Altmaier until late uh, in the game. Uh, suffice to say, they had to try to do something to try to open up the passing game. And just Honestly, John, it just never really clicked. Yeah, I mean, they looked out of sorts. I mean, you know, so much of what uh, – that offense involves the RPO and, and you're having to make reads very quickly and get on the same page with your receivers and running backs and everything. And they just didn't look on the same page. Uh, so I think, you know, your point's valid. It was a unique uh, game. I've never, it, it was almost like a team said, all right, well, look, we're going to go away from the game plan. We know would allow us to win, just dominate this game. But for the love of God, we have to start running other plays just to see if we can run them. And, uh, and, you know, and I think they did that, and Lane kind of admitted that. Uh, yeah, and I think, you know, while I was watching, uh, you could tell that after, I guess, the series that, that Dart threw the interception, um, that uh, Altmaier really got loose, like he went over there and really started throwing. And I saw where Lane said after the game that he was planning to put him in, just scheduled to put him in that next series but then with the interception. And, you know, kudos to Lane. He didn't want to yank a quarterback after the interception. Uh, so he put him back in, and then we kind of had some bad luck with what I guess that was a fumbled snap. I'm not really sure what that was. Yeah, it was a terrible but, snap. They, 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 they've terrible had snap. issues with Caleb Warren but, all preseason uh, with with the snapping. But it, it it was interesting, you know. I mean, even the touchdown that that Dart threw. I mean, honestly, he should have thrown it the play before. I mean, he uh, he ran he handed it on the RPO, and you could see Lane very very frustrated on the sidelines, like. Even, I mean, I wasn't watching Lane until I realized how frustrated he was. And then they ran the exact same play in the next play, and he threw a touchdown to Malik Heath. So, they're getting there. We'll see. I mean, I think it's interesting that he's starting Altmaier next week, just from a uh, – or this coming week, rather, I mean, with Central Arkansas, just because, honestly, I, I mean, I'm not sure what you gain by that if you're Luke Altmaier. If you go out and throw for 400 yards, have you really proven anything? I know, especially, you know, no, no disrespect to our good friend Brad Teague, who's the athletic yeah, director. Not, so, none whatsoever. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's they're out of their, you know, element when they're playing a team in the SEC. So, I mean, we've seen Central Arkansas face Missouri State, led by, oh, by the way, Bobby Petrino, who, oh, by the way, is going to play in Fayetteville very soon. Uh, but oh. I think Missouri State maybe lost to Tarleton State and then beat Central Arkansas. So it's not like Central Arkansas is going to prove – you know, it's going to prove anything to go out there and just destroy the Bears. And I'm with you, John. I don't know what to think with the quarterback situation. I mean, it's obvious when Lane uh, he he stayed with he stayed with Jackson Dart early, and he didn't bring Luke Meyer Altmeyer in after the interception. I thought, okay, well, this is over. I mean, it's his obviously he's a quarterback. And then we get to the press conference, and he says that Luke Altmeyer is going to start against um, against Central Arkansas. It it just doesn't make any sense to me. It appeared that, that he wanted to go with Dart, and now he's going to give Luke Altmaier a chance, and if he goes out and just lights it up, what's it mean? I don't know. Right. But, I mean, I don't think it means anything. I mean, honestly. I mean, I, unless – and now the quarterbacks – I mean, the coaches see things that all of us don't see. I mean, they can look and see the right reads and the checks and the command of the offense, but – you know, you throw for 400 yards against Central Arkansas. I mean, there's going to be, uh, depending on how it looks, I mean, one could make a pretty good argument that says, well, you're an SEC team, a top 25 team at that. You should throw for 400 yards against 
Central Arkansas. So, I, I you know, I, I think this is a discussion we may have, and Lane doesn't want this to happen. It may go on about six or seven weeks, if not longer. And I told someone today that I really believe, and, and we saw, we can talk about the running backs and the other strengths of that team. Part of me thinks that if, if, if Luke Altmaier goes out there and he's just, for lack of a better way to put it, vanilla, and I, don't, I mean, I'm not knocking the kid when I say that. I'm saying that if he just is a very safe quarterback, makes all the right plays, gets them in the right formations, and gets it to the people when they need to get it, Lane must Lane may, may go with it. He may think, look, I'm pretty good everywhere else. I'm going to have my quarterback not lose games for a little while. And here's, here was my point. Yeah, here was my point all along. Is this year, because I, I, you break down the running back room, which, again, red and blue glasses, call it what you want, I think it's easily the most not talked about running room. And I think it may be the sneaky best running back room in the conference. You've got a running back room like you've got with Zach Evans, who looked really good, but I don't know that, that – um, the freshman Quinshawn Jenkins didn't look better. Then you've got Ulysses Bentley, who we didn't see very much at all. That can go. So you've got that running back room. You've got a wide receiving core. Jonathan Mingo looked as good as he's ever looked in a Rebel uniform on Saturday. He looked more – well, he looked like himself. He looks bigger, if that's possible. Right. I mean, he looks great. Uh, you've got tight end Michael Trigg Jr. that played well, who made some great catches, who led the team in catches, by the way. J.J. Henry let one go between his hands, but I thought, you know, ran great routes, got open, that sort of thing. So there are some receivers, uh, Jordan Watkins being another, that have stepped up and I think will 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 help this quarterback play. But the kicker is you've got a great running back room. You've got a very seasoned offensive line. We've seen a second-team offensive line go a lot this past Saturday. The quarterback doesn't have to win these games. If you can have yourself a quarterback that just manages this team that may be all Lane Kiffin needs, specifically in the first couple of weeks. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it's it's amazing how Lane always treats – if you listen to him talk, you, the NFL coach in him comes out. He, he talks – he really – when he says pro mindset and all of that. But, I mean, he really treats that team kind of like a pro team as far as how they approach the game. And they're approaching these first couple of games like the NFL preseason. I think he even said something like that. He did. Uh, so, I mean – you know, they're, they're kind of easing their way into it, but in the schedule set up for them, I mean, to do that. Uh, and, you know, I, I've never been a quarterback, so, but I bet if I were a quarterback, I would hate the term game manager. So I prefer to call it Jay Barker, you know, yeah. the old quarterback from, from Alabama who has a nice national championship ring because he just, you know, you get them in the right formation, you get them, you, you get the ball where it needs to go and, Nobody needs to know. You don't have to be on the front, on the top of the headline if you're the quarterback, if you've got talent around you. I mean, yeah, I mean, in the past, Lane wasn't kidding. Matt Corral's a generational talent. If you don't believe me, watch the game last Saturday. I mean, you know, with guys missing balls that – I'll be honest, the first throw that uh, – the deep ball, I think maybe the first series that uh, Dart missed, I mean, I thought and, – and Mingo was open. Yeah. And, and I thought – you know, Matt Corral's probably high-fiving right now in the end zone if he's still throwing for Ole Miss. But, uh, you know, so if they get to that, I mean, that, that could happen. And uh, it just depends on if the team progresses uh, like that because, you know, like you said, that running back room is, is vicious. Zach Evans may be uh, as good a running back 
as the Rebels have had in a long time. And like you said, Judkins is 18 years old. And I love Lane's quote. He goes, he ran like he was mad at the entire state of Alabama. And so it was, it was really impressive. But again, temper yourself. It's the first game, and it was Troy. It was Troy, and the Rebels were able to get the win 28-10. to 10, And the 10 points – Remember, John, it was uh, 21-3 at the half. Ole Miss shut it down. They would score seven more points, but Troy would eventually score later. But only three points, and it was a defense that was led by a lot of names, John, we haven't heard from in a while, a lot of transfers. And freshman, Davison Igbenosan. Okay. If you'll remember that, uh, the name Igbenosan, that's the one that Ole Miss recruited, the number one player out of New Jersey, also Tywan Malone another number one player out of New Jersey. But he was a freshman. He started. He played. I, I want to say, John, if he didn't play every snap, it was almost as many snaps. Troy Brown played well. Kari Coleman, the linebacker, played well. J.J. Pegee, Cedric Johnson. A lot of those names we thought were going to play well. But then you got a, a guy like a, a Kari Coleman that came in and, and it just played incredibly well. This defense is a far cry from that Wesley McGriff defense that we saw oh, from yeah. years past. You know, you know, Brad, the, the funny thing, watching the defense, and again, you temper yourself, it's the first game, it's Troy, and you try not to see it through the red and blue glasses. But, you know, you'd have to go back to, Lord, I mean, I dare say 14, 15 for a defense that flew around. Yeah, like probably that team. 15. Yeah, 15. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, and we did, and you know, you didn't see the Rebels do a lot of blitzing. They kind of, you know, stayed, played uh, base defense, but. Everyone on that defense can run, and that's really fun to watch. I mean, they 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 are so quick. The defensive line. I mean, they bring in waves, and, and they come in, which you know that that that's a sign of a good defense. And those, uh, like you said, the, the freshman at corner. I think Miles Battle, I read, was hurt. Or, or, or right, he played a little bit, had an interception, but uh, you know that freshman. I mean, he goes out there in his first game, and all of a sudden, I mean, he he may be a star. So uh, that's impressive. I mean, it's 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 scary sometimes, you know, when you think, okay, are they really this good, or you know, is this a is this a different uh, different look? And credit Chris Parchers. It's his first game to ever call defense in college football, and he did it. The defensive backfield is absolutely loaded, and some names that we heard from. Honestly, John, we knew we would hear from, from the usual suspects. We knew we would hear from Igbenosan, and uh, he was the freshman that was coming in. We knew we would hear from Tysheen Johnson. Otis Reese, I think, played every single snap. But A.J. Finley, uh, Aishim Young, the transfer, uh, came in at strong safety and played really, really well. But I can't get away from talking about that defensive front because Cedric Johnson, between he, P, uh, um, J.J. Pegues, <coughs> former Oxford High School product, transfer out of Auburn. Jared Ivey, uh, the transfer out of Georgia Tech. It was just uh, – Tavius Robinson. It was just a, a loaded defensive line, and Troy really just couldn't get anything going. I think, you know, without looking it up, I think they finished with like 60 rushing yards. That's just a really good effort by Ole Miss. Yeah, and if you and if you don't believe that uh, the transfer portal is, uh, is real in college football, just – Close your eyes and listen to the Ole Miss defense play where you start hearing names over the PA system or on the radio or TV. It's like a whole new team. It is. Other, you know, maybe three or four DBs and, you know, a linebacker or lineman, you know, spread in there. I mean, they're all young. But, uh, you know, when J.J. Begee's 
almost capitated that poor quarterback. Yeah. I'm so glad I picked the flag up too because it gave me hope in college football. But, uh, you know, that that's tough when J.J. Pegues doesn't start. <laughs> he comes off the bench. That's pretty good. I mean, they're rolling 10 or 11 across that defensive front. I mean, that's just unheard of. I mean, that's well, that's the key. I mean, you know, I had a coach tell me a long, long time ago that college football is one at three, at three spots. It's one at defensive line, offensive line, at quarterback. So, you know, two out of three looked pretty good for the Rebels the other yeah. day. And the, and the transfer portal is big on that offensive uh, front. Um, along with, you know, Mason Brooks, we saw him, and Mason didn't even start. I mean, he got beat out by a freshman, which was right. insane to, to, to see that that freshman uh, beat him out. And, uh, you know, that Jaden Williams is, is a guy that the state of Arkansas and the Razorbacks really wanted, and Ole Miss just beat out uh, Sam Pittman for an offensive lineman. And there's, there's, there's a reason that Arkansas wanted him so bad. He, he started for Ole Miss. So, uh, but, but the transfer portal has been big. We talked about Mason Brooks, but I think at wide receiver, it's huge. I mean, you got Jalen Knox out of Missouri, Jalen Robinson. Uh, who else do they have? Jordan Watkins out of Louisville, Dayton, Dayton Wade. Uh, Malik Heath, <laughs> I mean, so many transfers. And, and, John, I think a lot of that, being a transfer, is one reason we have not seen a cohesive offensive uh, game so far. Defensively, I don't know if it's easier to play together, but it felt like that defense has been playing together uh, for quite a while. Offensively, not so much. Yeah, especially when an offense is kind of uh, predicated on tempo and and, you know, making quick calls at the line and kind of getting on the same page like we talked about a minute ago. I can see where the offense would take a little longer to, to come together. But, I mean, they, they will. I mean, you mentioned all the wide receivers. I mean, you're a pretty good wide receiver room when Dennis Jackson, I saw, entered the transfer portal. And and he uh, that's a kid that play. I mean, he's, he's, he's logged some snaps for the Rebels in the last couple of years. And uh, good wide receiver. And, and you know, there's just no room. I mean, that's a – that's a very, very talented – you mentioned all the transfers. You didn't even mention, say, J.J. Henry, who got big snaps the other day. Right. And so, I mean, it, it'll come around. I think defense is probably – especially when you're not blitzing or, or being very exotic with your coverages, you know, you just kind of line up and say, go get ball. And uh, they were pretty good at that. Each week we'll do a segment called Three Keys to Win uh, for Ole Miss coming up against Central Arkansas. It'll be the last, quote-unquote, warm-up game before the real – uh, or at least some more difficult season starts as the Rebels will uh, travel to Atlanta and face Georgia Tech before having to come home and host uh, Kentucky as the season kind of gets cranked up after that. But, John, uh, looking at that Central Arkansas game, obviously not the opponent, uh, the Rebels, I guess you could say not the opponent of the caliber that's going to be coming up for the remainder 10 weeks. But what are, some, what are your three keys uh, for Ole Miss this upcoming week against Central Arkansas? I think they need to have some uh, – I'm not asking for, you know, the 400-yard passing play. I think they need to have some, uh, I don't know, flow on offense. So the first key, I guess, would say they have to hit something down the field. I think the long pass was maybe 30 yards or 22 yards. It wasn't very long. Uh, so something, you know, they took a couple shots. And they've got to show they can do that because, as we mentioned, they run the ball so well that, teams are going to have to respect that. So I guess my first key is somebody, and I don't care what quarterback it is, somebody has to show some chemistry down the field, connect there. Uh, second one, defense has to keep playing like they're playing. I mean, just – and, again, it's a, it's probably not as a good an opponent, but, you know, confidence is confidence. And so, you know, you want your 
defense to keep flying to the ball, keep playing with, you know, get a little bit of swagger out there. And uh, third, the third thing, and I'm going to show my geekness here, Brad, uh, special teams has just got to get better. I didn't think they looked good the other day on special teams, and especially punt returning. We look kind of lost. And, you know, for years, as a matter of fact, in my memory, the Ole Miss punt return team has always scared me to death. And, you know, so they've got to get some stuff going on special teams. Uh, just kind of get right frame of mind, do some things like that. But, I mean, it's hard to tell against an opponent like Central Arkansas, but they got to stay confident, got to come out of it injury-free and uh, get a little uh, get a little swag. I mean, Lane brings plenty of swag on his own, but that team needs to kind of form an identity, whatever that identity may be. It may be pounding the ball, running the ball. I don't care. But they've got to find that identity. And then just kind of get the swag up on defense to where, you know, they think, uh, look, uh, we're just going to keep building on something special here. Ole Miss and Central Arkansas kick off at 6 o'clock. That's going to be on the SEC Network Plus platform. So you'll either have to be there in person or watch it online. Not a terrestrial uh, broadcast this Saturday. Uh, so we'll break down everything from that game next week, and we'll preview the Georgia Tech game. And uh, hopefully the Rebels will come up victorious, and we think they will on this upcoming Saturday against the Central Arkansas Bears. And thanks very much to John Cox for joining us on our very first episode of Mississippi Morning Quarterback for this college football season. Can't believe it's already here. Uh, Thanks to John. We'll be coming to you every single week, recapping the week before, previewing the following week. And we'll always get John's three keys to victory for Ole Miss's upcoming game. Thanks for our friends over at Bet Online being a sponsor here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. And also... The Logan Media Network, in conjunction with the Mississippi Morning Quarterback Show. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events. The first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So, as always, head on over to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device and join. Make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks again for joining us here on the Mississippi Morning Quarterback, right here on the Believe and Ole Miss Podcast Network, part of the Believe Network. listening to the believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host Brad Logan download the show on Apple podcasts Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts please subscribe rate and leave a review online be sure and check us out on Twitter at Brad Logan C-O-T-E and at believe podcasts as well as Facebook Brad Logan Media from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field it's all Ole Miss all the time this has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.